welcome to Black Chicks Bible Study. Study. Another socially distanced recording. We're on episode 48, the book of Galatians, and it's really short. And it's another letter from Paul written to, like it was apparently a group of um, churches in the Galatian area, which I guess is now Turkey-ish. What did you think about it? It was, uh, again, Paul being the Paul I don't like and annoying. Oh, really? Okay. He was kind of just a jerk, I felt like. But what about you? <laughs> um, yeah, I found it less emotional, for sure. I didn't feel Paul coming through as a jerk or anything. Like, after we talked about it in the last book, though, I did completely understand that. So maybe the, the same thing will happen this time. But it, <laughs> he felt more, like, kind of neutral this time. And almost, like, just reinforcing things, I guess, we already have been told about the gospel laying down the hammer a little bit, but like in a more gentle way, I don't know, <laughs> Re reinforcing some of their um, core beliefs that he felt like they were getting away from. Do we want to go into our words of faith? Sure, why don't you start? Okay, so mine was about being more in touch with my humanity and not spiritually bypassing or placating myself with spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, actually the past two weeks have been really like up and down and complicated. Um, mm -hmm. there's so much kind of synchronicity day to day that it was hard not to feel super spiritually distracted or something. <laughs> like, I started reading the Tao Te Ching after this other book that I was reading that was talking about the Bible at the end, but I also like, not only did I have a death in the family, but like my mom's birthday happened. Mm -hmm. And that day I was like, just, I had to like, just give myself permission to basically be down all day and be really upset all day and not like sugarcoat it. So it was just a few days after my uncle died, her like one of her brothers. So I was really already upset that week. And that day I was like, you know what? I'm allowed to be sad all day and not try to find like a silver lining and not like, you know, only have, cause people would text me and be like, oh, I hope you're having good memories like I am, or I hope you're having like, you know, good thoughts about your mom. And I'm like, yeah, great. Yep, sure. But, <laughs> but, then, but then I had to tell myself too, like, it's okay if I'm just feeling shitty all day. I was just like literally laying around and just feeling down and that was fine. And um, I had a, a couple other days that week that were the same because of my, the other death in my family. Also, I got a piece of freaking cotton stuck in my ear. It's still there. Um, so PSA to not use Q-tips because that night, it was actually Saturday night. And I was just like, okay, my life is over. I want to die. I was just so in pain. I spent hours and hours trying to get it out through every means possible, was crying, hurting. God, <laughs> never heard of someone getting stuck in their ear. It's, uh, it ha I was Googling it. It happens to people. It's, your ear. it's, it's like, like, it's by my eardrum. It's so deep that like. So it, the real lesson is don't dig deep into your ear. Yeah, but they tell you, you know how they tell you not to use Q-tips? Um, I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. They uh, say don't put anything smaller than your elbow into your ear, which doesn't make sense because your elbow is huge. 
don't put anything into your ears. Yeah, basically that's what they advise. And I learned the hard way. So that night made me, again, just very keenly aware of my mortality, not only death in the family, but me being close to death. I was like, okay, this is like, and it's so absurd because there are people in the hospitals right now dying like of all kinds of things, but definitely dying of COVID. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to go to an ER or whatever. I'm going to suffer through this, but you know, it did feel like the end of the world. And it's still there. <laughs> yep. Still there. And my, my hearing goes in and out. Sometimes I can hear, sometimes I can't. And these were real Q-tips or, or off-brand? I'm sure off-brand. It's from this giant bag. That's why. Yeah. I'm That's sure it's from this like gigantic bag of them that I don't even know where I got them from. So. Like half of the tips aren't even on there in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yep. And I definitely shoved it in too deep. That's what she said. Anyway, you go ahead with your word of faith. <laughs> Mine was basically something about letting go of control and just focusing on things that I can control and just not really worrying about the rest. I remember I said too, I don't think I'm that controlling in the first place. The reason I kind of picked that was something related to work that was happening at the time. So I just try to kind of like with work be a little bit not caring as much about certain things all week. So like I had a few opportunities to do that. And I was like, I don't care. Do what you want. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm not going to fight you on this. Just sure. Whatever. Because, yeah, at the end of the year, work's been very, very busy and tiring, too. So um, I'm also just trying to, like, do a lot of work now and get all this stuff done so that I don't have to work much over the next two weeks because we kind of have time off. Like, we basically have off, but my department never really has off because we're a product. So, of course, there's always promotions and customer service shit, but it's not like I'll have to work, like, a full eight-hour day. Or at least that's my goal. So that's why right now I'm like trying to get all this shit done. So it's been a little easier, I guess, to just let go of things in that sense for the greater good of just finishing. Um, Did it allay your or get rid of your anxiety a little bit to just feel yourself letting go of things? I don't know that it helped with anxiety necessarily. Maybe it's like any other habit and after a while it'll start to help with that. And it's just, you got a good start and like just living out the philosophy of like, can't control everything and definitely not other people. So as long as I do my part part. or whatever, then I can worry about that. And (laughs) yeah, so yeah. So yeah, Galatians, (laughs) this lovely little letter um at least he is not coming for them in the same way um I don't know he's kind of angry at them yeah he's pretty angry but it like has a kind of a different tone so starting out in chapter one uh he as usual kind of just announces himself right about like who he is and um reminds them that he was sent neither by human commission nor from human authorities but through jesus christ and god the father so (laughs) trying to hammer in how spiritually and divinely appointed he is and not you know not by anyone human (laughs) so don't even dare question anything he's saying his gospel is the only gospel Mm -hmm. that's what he's getting at too because that's what he says basically like the next heading in my Bible literally says there is no other gospel. So yeah, he's trying to make that point. 
he basically was like, I'm so like astonished at how quick you're like forgetting what we talked about and your true word and you know what I've been like preaching to you guys all along. He says, you live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. I don't know why I thought that was a funny bit. It was just like, <laughs> you're following this thing that is hardly even a thing. Like mine, so mine says um, you're turning to a different gospel not that there is another gospel. So it's like worded so differently, yeah. but yeah, like there isn't even another one to even consider. You know? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I just thought that was funny the way he like, I don't know. I watched the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion this week and uh, two of the girls on there have songs that have come out and like Andy asked one of them because like her song just got released. It's like, oh, so how do you think your song compares to the other guys? Like there is no comparison. It's like <laughs> compare. What do you mean? There's a, like there's not even like what are, like what are you guys even following? Like there's nothing like there. You know? <laughs> so do you? I wonder if like it was there a particular gospel that when Jesus, um, according to this story, like when Jesus lived and died and lived out that gospel like did that become the gospel written in stone that he is just a mouthpiece of I don't know that might be I mean that's what he's arguing so mm -hmm. maybe it's true that like he had to preserve that truth of the life of Christ the life and death of Christ and other people were perverting it because he's saying like you're perverting the story Jesus made it so that you shouldn't have to get circumcised so on that point, I kind of agree in terms of like within the confines of their belief system, you know? Yeah, that's true. I can see why. But it's also like, you know, he's also kind of expecting them. He's basically like, believe it. They weren't there. They didn't see, you know, and it's like, you know, he talks a lot about faith and like how that's, you know, more important than circumcision but it's kind of like he's asking them like to follow this thing, like the truth, like, like as if they were there, he's basically like making it so like, you've seen this with your own eyes. It's basically what he's saying, but they didn't. Hmm. I brought this to you and I saw it with, or I believe that I seen this with my own eyes. So it's kind of like, I, I can understand why he's so passionate about it. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, they, these people didn't witness they know this three-year gospel and your story and your preaching, but they were not there like you were. They weren't an apostle of Christ, you know? Like they Yeah, so it's kind things. of arrogant to be like, you. Yeah, like, uh, I told you this story. Yeah. Now other people are telling you things like, believe me and not that. Right. Yeah, and then kind of calling them stupid as if like, <laughs> why would you believe some, you know, like, you know what you saw, but like, we didn't, we didn't see it. Like, we, we know what you came here and told us and we believed it. And now these other people are coming here telling us something else and we kind of believe that. So yeah, yeah it was kind of like, okay, Paul. <laughs> he definitely hammers in his own authority too in verse 15. But when God who had set me apart before I was born and called me through his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me, so that I might proclaim him among the Gentiles. I did not confer with any human being. So like I was predestined to know this gospel through grace and God gave it to me when the time was right. And then I didn't second guess it or talk to other people. And he says he went to other people who hadn't heard yet and not um, to the apostles who already believed. 
on one hand, I read that and I was like, oh, that's like such a cool spiritual idea is that you get your calling and you feel like, oh, wow, my eyes weren't opened until the right time in my life. But I feel like I was always meant to have this right. knowledge of the eternal or of, you know, this enlightenment or whatever. And it was always going to happen. And then it was revealed at the right time. And then I didn't let anyone tell me otherwise. Like, on one hand, that is such a great idea. Um, but only in a, I guess, an abstract sense. But if you look at it just on a human level, it's like, it is kind of jerky to be like, <laughs> God told me this, he chose me before I was born. And I, you know, told everyone else and I didn't let anyone get him, you know, like there yeah, are always two ways to read. It's, it's inspiring, you know, I think yeah. feel that conviction. I think part of why he also was hammering in that point too was because, like, I think the issue here is, you know, they're still fighting over the Judaism stuff and circumcision mm -hmm. and all that. Like, right before that, he's, like, saying, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my father. So he's also trying to be, like, don't question my Jewish, like, I know all this stuff, too. Like, you know, I'm one of you and I know all these laws and, like, just reminding them that, like, I was you, you know, and then I got you know, so it's not like he's like coming at them as if like, oh, you know, I'm against, you know, I was always a Gentile or I was never Jewish and I'm just coming here sharing this. He's like, no, I literally was like one of the best Jews ever and I converted and, you know, now I'm sharing this with you too to also just kind of like hammered in like I'm not against you guys like I was you guys like remember I actually persecuted these people, you know, because it kind of reminds them of that too. So I think also just to kind of gain their like trust in that way he's reasserting his like credibility and his uh authority pretty cool i mean mm -hmm. at this point were you reading it like chapter one already were you like rolling your eyes <laughs> I, I mean i was a little like, mm. <laughs> like because it was like the way he talks you know he's like am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? Like, you know, kind of this air that's like so above a little bit that sounded a little arrogant. Like I understand what he's saying. And like, I quite like the idea. Yeah, I don't need to impress you fellow or whatever. Like I'm not here to impress you. I'm here to impress something higher. But I don't know, just the wording kind of was like, eh. but I didn't really hate him, hate him that much until he started talking <laughs> on actual foods and, and stuff. <laughs> chapter two yeah I guess he's again talking about how like he's, he's kind of like going back you know his story so he's like basically saying you know he got this calling and all that and then he's like basically like and then 14 years after my first trip to Jerusalem you know I went up again and I only went with Barnabas and Titus and kind of saying how this like when he took Barnabas and Titus I guess this whole issue of circumcision also ended up coming up, I guess, because basically he was like, I'm not getting circumcised, but like, or like it was an issue, you know, and they were trying to make them get circumcised. Verse six, he says, for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. Basically, like, it doesn't matter, like circumcised or not, like God isn't, that's not what God's looking for. Um, yeah and the fact that he okay so my verse six says and from those who were supposed to be acknowledged leaders what they actually were makes no difference to me god shows no partiality so he's okay with himself being elected as this leader but 
other exactly. leaders that kind of spring up. He, yeah, he's like not willing to affirm the authority of anyone just because they're named a leader. It seems like there were some people, I guess he must have approved of and had, you know, as his peers who he would kind of send ahead of him or behind him. And then other people who churches elected them leaders and he like didn't buy into it because God doesn't show partiality. But I am, you know, I'm an authority, so believe me. But like, just because someone has that title doesn't mean anything to me. But, but my title um, means something. <laughs> he's, when he's saying all of that about the leaders, like he's calling them false because of the false belief. That it matters. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So I have to believe that if he ever spoke against the gospel that he believes to be true. Isn't there another point here where he says like, even if I or an angel from heaven told you another gospel or another thing about the gospel, like we would be wrong. Like we should be cursed. So basically like the belief is, uh, the faith is the important thing and there are false teachers. Like I kind of get that. Cause like there are so many false teachers in the culture and in churches that, um, you can tell are like just demonic people. Like you don't have to believe in demons to know that they're just evil. Like they're villains. And um, even though they have a title, you can say for sure, like that's a false teacher, you know? But again, we're only getting it from him. But I, I think too, he's kind of also talking about like his time there, I guess, leading to the fact that there was some like beef, you know, I think between him and like such or whatever. And he even calls him kind of like two-faced at one point, um, you know, basically, because I guess this guy and I don't remember reading about him. Do you remember reading about him much? Like when Jesus was in the stories, like about Cephas or yeah, I don't really. I got, vaguely I remember the name, but I don't really remember what role he played. I guess at this point, you know, they're going around and they're spreading the gospel or whatever, and he's like basically saying that when this guy Cephas or Cephas is, you know, with Gentiles, you know, he. He basically says in 14, he's like, I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel. I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow, follow Jewish customs? Because they're fighting over the circumcision thing, I guess. And he's just like, why are you trying to force these things on other people? When you're with the Gentiles, you act like a Gentile. But now that these other people are coming over here, you want to act like you're this like orthodox Jew guy and he's like you know that's hypocritical so like if it really doesn't matter to you because you're not living it out how are you going to try to like force that <laughs> on other people which is valid very valid point I like that he just you know called him out on that because I feel like that happens a lot with uh anybody you know when certain people are around you know you might not care about X, Y, Z, and then all of a sudden this one person walks in the room and all of a sudden you're like, oh no, I don't eat meat, you know? Oh no, I'm yeah. a vegetarian, you know? And it's like, shut up. You were just swamping down on that pig over there before this person came. So like, don't, you know, act like that. Like, and it's fine and because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter anyway, so. Yeah, it's the hypocrisy, which is abundant in and outside of the church. He goes into a lot, like the justification, how people are, justified and justified and made righteous it can never happen through works of the law no one can be justified through works of the law but I feel like he clarifies later too that um the reason that nobody can't not only because of the death of Christ and the resurrection but because the law itself like 
nobody could ever follow it perfectly enough to be justified by it. So like the written law can really only condemn you and show you where your sin is. And that Christ is supreme over their capacity for sin. So verse 17, but if in our effort to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have been found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. And then in verse 21, I do not nullify the grace of God for if justification comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. The whole thing that makes it worthwhile and meaningful that he died um, is that he like conquered the ability of the law to condemn them. <laughs> um, I think he's like basically saying, cause like the whole thing is, you know, Jesus came here and he was crucified so that we could get this Holy Spirit or acceptance. Mm -hmm. That would have never needed to happen. We would just be following the law. Mm -hmm. but the law was not the thing. I think he's on kind of a righteous crusade here. Like I believe in the validity of his belief so much that I do think it was kind of worth him laying down the hammer, I guess. It must make him also feel like he's wasting his time if he's out there being beaten and pursued and, you know, condemned and also, like we said in, in the last episode, he wasn't the chosen one. So he came second to Christ and <laughs> didn't get all the glory, but he got the pain and the suffering. And he's like, guys, so an, implicit here is not only did Christ die in vain, but like all of my work is going to be in vain if we don't accept the spirit and like live as one and not have this divide us, you know? I think too, I don't know, reading this, it's a little bit like he's getting... I don't, I don't know, maybe a little philosophical too, just trying to put all these pieces, you know, it's like when you're trying to like think logically and make things, you're just like, well, if this happened, then obviously this <laughs> is the reason that it happened because if this didn't happen, then obviously <laughs> that wouldn't need to happen. So clearly, you know, this is right. You know, it's like, that's basically <laughs> and maybe he's like, I did feel my brain like twisting into pretzels a little bit while reading this book. And he was going down like little rabbit holes. And it might be that he's trying to convince himself too while he's writing this letter of like, yeah, what is all of this for? You guys are still acting like the people of the Old Testament or whatever. You're still acting like you're bound by Moses. And we know he has his gripes with Moses. So he's like, but what about Christ and me? You know, like we're the new guard. Right. Um, so he's trying to like tell himself too, like all of this is, you know, it can't be for nothing. Um, for his own sake. So yeah, he is getting really philosophical. And <laughs> chapter three, don't you feel yeah. like it's the same note being hit over and over, like throughout this whole book, like chapter three is about law or faith. Mm -hmm. And that's what the whole thing has been. About. <laughs> so. oh, no, for sure. I think it's definitely been more, but like, I feel like he's, his whole point is just trying to get them to stop obsessing over these laws and be like, just have faith, just believe. Like that's Obsessing it. over penises in particular, yes. <laughs> like the circumcising, like that right. one ritual. Like just stop, yeah, just stop all that. All you need to do is believe what I'm telling you, believe the story, accept it. And that's it, like, why is that so hard for you to do basically? Um, and I think he's frustrated because in theory, it does sound simple, you know? Yeah, just believe the, try to live like a good person. How hard is that? Um, but you guys want to fight over circumcisions and 
when you think about the church today though like isn't it so hard to get people on the same page like just thinking about all the denominations and mm -hmm. even within churches like different practices of like what about purity culture what about drinking what about this a b and c like there's so many things that people disagree on mm -hmm. and the whole point of the spirit in any tradition but explicitly here in christianity is to make people as one like one body and that is so much harder in everyday life than it should be like people cannot agree on things and it is hard to like like people talk about mindfulness in general and being present and all of that and it's hard it's really really hard to like live by the spirit and to have a whole church of people doing that is extra hard so it's like on one hand it's frustrating to read this and be like why can't they get it together but on the other hand it's like of course they can't because we still can't you know right i feel like if anything it should just be like I don't know, maybe just, you know, it's okay to have these different denominations or whatever and stuff like that. But again, the whole center of Christianity is you believe that this guy, Jesus, because that's no matter whether you think drinking is bad or not, or whether you need to have your penis cut off or whatever it is, at the core, you believe that this guy, Jesus died, right? And that, you know, if you accept him, you get the Holy Spirit. I feel like, you know, even though he's writing to them, telling them to like, stop it. I feel like he's also very much like, do what you want. Like, just like, remember the like core story, you know, it's okay to have these differences and, you know, whatever. So like, yeah, you can have these different denominations, but you shouldn't be at war with each other or be fighting with each other. Just let them do them. You do you, but you believe that this guy died, right? Okay, cool. Like, and help each other when you can, whatever, you know, like in that sense, it seems like doable, but it's like, instead these people are trying to convince other people that they're right. And that's, you know, that's where the problems are coming in. And they're trying to spread this and confuse people and make people, it's almost like convoluting the basic thing of Christ died, you have the Holy Spirit, be a good person, love people. Yeah. You know, like, and like he said, perverting it, perverting the gospel. Yeah, so. And it's blocking them from that spirit. Like the spirit is the thing that would make them live in a harmonious way. And everything they're doing is kind of distracting from that. Um, yeah, this was the chapter I didn't really like him that much because I felt like he got more angry because he's like <laughs> foolish <laughs> after beginning by means of the spirit. Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? I thought was a valid point though, but. What yeah. verse was that? Three. Oh, right. Okay. I really liked um, 21 and 22 actually. Um, is the law opposed to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could make alive, then righteousness would indeed come through the law. But the scripture has imprisoned all things under the power of sin, so that what was promised through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So I liked that wording of like, if a law had been given that could make alive. There isn't, like there is no rule or regulation that you could read and and be made alive like spiritually because of it. So I just liked the way he worded it that like he he claims that Christ and everything like didn't nullify the Old Testament, but he seems to always kind of downplay or nullify the power of it because he's saying like if it could have resurrected people or made people new, 
you know, we could have avoided this whole trouble about the resurrection in Christ. Um, but it is a kind of good point to keep hammering in. And I just like that phrasing of like make alive, um, because that is the goal of the spirit, you know, is to make you alive and give you abundant life and all of that. So it's something that is ephemeral and intangible and not um, anything you could write down, really. That's true. I think um, cause you were saying he kind of not nullifies, but he kind of, you know, underplays the Old Testament a little bit. But in this one, I thought he kind of was like trying to use it to justify the whole reason why faith is because basically like before all that, he's talking about how Abraham had faith and God was like cool with that and that God like made a promise to Abraham like in verse uh, eight he says scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham all nations will be blessed through you so those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham the man of faith what's happening now is a result of that promise that God made to Abraham because Abraham was a faithful man and God liked that. And he said that all who follow Abraham and all who are faithful will be blessed. So obviously it's the faith, you know, like, and he's saying like, basically that's the thing too, because he's like, we didn't even get the law until like 430 years later. So he's like, so how would that be the thing that saved us when that came so far after, you know, this promise of the Gentiles? He's like, so obviously it was the faith and not these laws that came hella years later so again I felt like he was doing his like if this you know getting back there like connecting the dots like it had to have been this thing you know so yeah like working it out like a puzzle in front of him like trying to make all the pieces fit together yeah, yeah. totally he, he basically also was saying that the law came because he because his whole thing was, you know, he's like, yeah, faith is the thing. And then he, basically he's saying that the law was kind of like an interim president. Like they had the law because they didn't have Jesus yet. So they had to follow something. And so that's what the law was for. It was just there for them to do something until, you know, Jesus came along and the real, you know, Messiah. Yeah. And that's just he's like, the law is not really important. It was there. It served the purpose, but that's not the thing. <laughs> I don't know about you, but the churches I grew up in and my family definitely went so far as to say that, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was talking about um, Jesus and that um, Jesus was always there and always going to be there. And even in the Old Testament, it was mentioned and we just didn't know yet. Like we weren't people weren't clued in, but the clues were there and the puzzle pieces were there. Like, so we even had to do a little bit of like, um, I don't know if I would call it gymnastics, but kind of like mental gymnastics um, in our theology <laughs> to justify that Jesus is just as eternal a figure in the text as Yahweh was, even though it's like not there explicitly. like. We had to believe that in order to believe in the gospel, you know, that he was just as eternal. He was always there. I don't know. Anyway, I kind of, I get here. Yeah, you're right. Like he's doing the same thing here. Um, kind of retrofitting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In verse 24, he says, so the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So Yeah. <laughs> Mm. he's like yeah so this thing's here but like now that the mission has been accomplished we don't really need this thing anymore mm. now we have faith 
I really liked verse 28. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I like that too. Cause um, I feel like during this time, there's, you know, so much to do, even just him writing, you know, he's writing to Corinthians, he's writing to Galatians, he's writing to all these different people. And he's like, you know, none of this matters, like where we're from, you know, it's, we're all just children of God, you know, that's it. As long as, you know, we're one people. Uh, back to the oneness, that should be the whole goal. Um, chapter four, he talks a lot about heirs. Like, um, oh, yeah. I'm sure in this time, back in the day, it was all about being an heir of a landowner or um, wealthy person, or you were a slave, like all that. Um, generational wealth and poverty was very very strong like you you know the caste that you were born into mm -hmm. is basically how you died so he talks a lot about you know everybody's an heir of christ and an heir of god and you're all children and in verse six in chapter four because you are children god has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying abba father so you are no longer a slave but a child and if a child, then also an heir through God. Just seeing here, even like this early on, how much hope it must have given people who had nothing else in life, nothing else um, going for them except their faith. Mm -hmm. So they could feel like at least they were the child of the creator and they could be on an even, even playing field with all people, no matter what, you know, origin. Mm. It kind of goes along with the idea of like being born again, I guess. You're born into this new spiritual family, spiritual body, and you can be comforted by that and not discouraged by your lot in life otherwise. You shedding your old self. Yeah. I thought this was kind of funny, like in verse 15, because um, I guess he basically is like before that is talking about how when he went to visit them, he was really sick. Um, and I guess they took care of him and they were really nice to him. And then he's like, in verse 15, he's like, where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? He's like, you guys used to be so nice to me and you were so, you know, welcoming, but like, where, where's the love now? You know, and I just thought that was kind of funny. I don't know. It's always funny when, um, to me, when he's like, acts so above a little bit or so um <laughs> spiritual but then has these very human like being hurt like you guys used to love me now you know you guys aren't so nice to me anymore like why not like do you hate me now like <laughs> kind of reminds me of last book when he was talking in kind of a similar way of like I'm gonna get real foolish and petty right now but I'm jealous like <laughs> you like this other guy more than you like me and then I like 18, because I guess he's also talking about, you know, these other people, I guess. Um, they never really say who these other people are that are coming in and trying to um, pervert the gospel, really. But he's, like, talking about them and um, basically saying, like, they are, like, no good. And he's telling them in verse 18, he says, it's fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good. And to be so always, not just when I am with you. So I don't know. I like that because he's, like be careful. It's like that whole thing, you know, the beware of false prophets and stuff. And like, just make sure these people are really doing good. Like, he's like, it's okay if, you know, you're listening to other people 
and they have good intentions, but like, be careful because I'm telling you, these people are evil and you're getting all like worked up and, you know, wrapped up in all their hoopla. And then just also the fact where he's like, that whole thing where it's like, you know, he's like, be good even when I'm not with you kind of, you know, like, you know, like a father, like make, he wants to be able to make sure they're doing the right thing even when he's not there. <laughs> yeah. And um, be gentle with him and be nice to him. Like um, verse 19, he lays on the guilt thick and says, my little children for whom I am again in the pain of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Verse 20, I wish I were present with you now and could change my tone for I am perplexed about you. So like he is kind of admitting, I guess, that he doesn't have the most loving or best tone. And if he were there, Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would be kind like they were when he was sick. And like you were saying in the last episode, like they could just party together and have a good time together and like mm-hmm. love each other. But when he's away, he has all these fears of them acting up. Um, right. Yeah, but the the idea of like being, I'm again in the pain of childbirth. <laughs> it's like, really, dude? But yeah. it, that's how he feels. It's like he's really agonizing and really struggling to give birth to this like baby church or mm-hmm. group of churches, um, their faith, you know, yeah, very torturous. Getting beat all the time, apparently. Painful. Chapter five, uh, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Yes. Don't take yourself back in time. Go forward in freedom. I thought this chapter was kind of a little confusing. Mm. Only just because in verse three, he's like, again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. And I'm like, didn't you just say this whole time that it doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not, just have faith. So like if people do choose to get circumcised, why are you now saying that they have to... Well, (laughs) maybe he's saying because he's warning them that that isn't necessary, that them doing it shows like a lack of faith. So, hey, if you want to go down that route, then you're going to have to follow the law. If you insist on being a slave to the law, then how about you actually be a slave and follow every law? If you, you know, like kind of calling their bluff. That was how I read it. I don't know. Okay. Because in verse two, he's like, I listen, I, Paul, am telling you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. So basically saying like this Christ, like holding him hostage almost of like, this is the way of faith and you're spitting in its face, you know? And you should let them get circumcised if that's what they want to do. That's how I feel. (laughs) Yeah, I guess he really does see it. Um, as a symbol of like defiance yeah. defiance yeah and especially with the Moses hang up he's like those oh, were back in the Moses days like follow me into the new age come on like stop, stop it and then in verse six for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything the only thing that counts is faith working through love so see if that doesn't matter then let them circumcise themselves Paul, if they want to. Their lack of faith does matter, though. I guess that's what he's saying. Like, your faith, your lack of faith is the thing getting in the way, you know? And if you keep cutting your penises, that is a sign <laughs> that you lack faith. 
if they're already circumcised before they take on the faith, but if they come in thinking they have to do that to become Christian, then that is the, like by now they should be established enough to know that like new believers come as you are, but like don't come, then get cut and then, you know, try and convert. Because that apparently is what the issue was with these churches. This is why he's writing them letters. Like you guys are making people get like, circumcised. Do that. Yeah. yeah, like don't do that. Just take people as they are. Um, he goes on and he gets really mad. I think at these people who are um, coming in trying to, you know, preach the circumcision stuff. He's mm-hmm. like, basically he says, um, you know, in verse 10, he's like, I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Mm-hmm. And then further down, he's like, as for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate them. <laughs> Yours says emasculate. Mine says, I wish those who unsettle you would castrate themselves. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, he's pretty angry he's like why don't you just take all your shit off then how about that mm-hmm. yeah I- yeah you're making people cut off the tip how about you cut off the whole thing and leave us alone right yeah I like this side of Paul See? maybe because like I want to be more convicted or savage about my beliefs instead of be like like I'm so like live and let live now and I just leave people alone if we're not like vibing or whatever but like dang, I wish I had the courage of my conviction to like be preaching at people about something. That just, I guess I'm not one of the chosen ones to do that. But I just admire it in him because I'm like, yeah, that's right. You know? <laughs> Gosh, that's funny. I like uh, the, the next verse where it's like, you brothers and sisters were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Yeah. Mine says, but through love become slaves to one another. So it puts it even stronger. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you're not a slave to the law anymore, but you're kind of a slave to the community and to each other. Mm -hmm. And it's more about the spirit of how you live. And yeah, don't take your freedom too far. That whole... um you know, once you start clawing at each other, you're just going to destroy each other. So I feel like verse 17, I feel like I've heard this a lot. I don't know. In church, he says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh so that you are not to do whatever you want. I just highlighted it because it was familiar. But that whole idea that like, like your fleshly desires are in conflict with, you know, your spiritual, I guess being and whatnot but yeah you know I I think sometimes maybe sometimes not so um I guess like through spiritual and healthy living they can become one and the same like everybody's kind of deep down you're seeking that wholeness where you want to eat what will make you happy and like do what will make you happy and spiritually fulfilled but like your flesh really just wants to like indulge in the most harmful unhealthy things um and at your core it just separates you from that's why I guess people go on a fast Mm -hmm. and like go on a fast while meditating it's all to like tap into the spirit and what we really like what our flesh wants to do is like lay in a bed of sugar and just Mm -hmm. you know like it's uh the eternal struggle that 
um, it's pretty cool that people, you know, back in this day were already recognizing it, that great divide. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that still is separating people and making people fight and disagree, I guess. That's part of it is it's so hard to rein ourselves in, much less each other. We also get a long list of things we should not be doing. Mm-hmm. You want to read them? Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, sorry y'all, and the like. (laughs) I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Not those orgies, Californians, you LA people up <laughs> Mine, see, I like the way yours reads because mine just says carousing. <laughs> carousing, what does that mean? I like to carouse down the I street. Don't, I just picture someone like just, yeah, walking around the street yeah, drunk, drunkenly, just like kissing different people, I guess, which, yeah, is a lighter um, way to say orgy. And then quor- yours says selfish ambition. Selfish ambition, yeah, after fits of rage. Mine says anger and quarrels. So I just pictured people being angry and fighting, but I like that idea of like selfish ambition as a sin and would separate you. It's so true. And how much of that do we see all around? A lot. A lot, a lot. Do you want to read the good things? Yeah, I love the, the fruits of the spirit, 22 and 23. By contrast, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. Pretty clear. Can't argue with that. Gotta gotta work on that (laughs) self-control. Who's gonna let go of control? I need (laughs) self-control. Yeah, yeah. But man, like, if you look just at the bare bones of what this faith is supposed to be, like, there's really no uh, no arguing it. Like when we tap into that oneness and the spirit, like how can you argue against that is all the stuff that you feel and that you would want to feel and that ideally everybody should want to feel together. Like, mm-hmm. but all the dogma piled on top of that is what gets people disagreeing, I guess. But like, wouldn't you want that list of things, <laughs> you know, as opposed to the fruits of the flesh or whatever? because it's really not that fun like it runs out if you're having drunken orgies every night like that kind of pleasure is very um you get tapped out and you just want more of it and then you get tapped out it's like a drug yeah you get escalated and you just start having people shit on you (laughs) (laughs) yeah things can get real dark real heavy real out of control unsustainable chapter six bear one another's burdens yeah I like that it basically was just saying you should you know if someone's falling you should help them help them get back on the righteous path don't kick your fallen brothers and sisters down I like that it says too if anyone is detected in a transgression you who have received the spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness so like gently correcting someone rather than like condemning them or adding insult to injury Mm -hmm. um and then take care that you yourselves are not tempted so like whatever tripped them up don't also get tripped up you know let me taste that drink real quick (laughs) 
why are you acting such a fool? Let me let me have a <laughs> let me, yeah. Oh shit. Now yeah. I but yeah, I like that. I also like after that, you know, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So just kind of I don't know. I I just like that because it makes it sound like, you know, you don't necessarily have to carry all your weight alone. When it sounds like if you're part of this community or, you know, you have people there to help you, which is always a nice feeling, I would think. I also like he says, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. I love that too. I also really, I'm not a fan of delusional people. <laughs> um, I liked verse six too. Those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. For some reason, that just made me think of everyone in my life who's been a mentor or helped me in some way. And all I obsess over is like how I'm failing everyone by not like having anything to share back or something. So I have this idea of like, whoever taught me anything in life, I want to be able to make something of myself so that I can give it back and like share. And I want people to be like, what? I haven't talked to her in 10 years and I'm getting this like million dollar check or whatever it is that can be tangible or- um, Or this 40 I'm getting this letter. Podcast to her. Yeah, or I guess so. Mm -hmm. Like, or this like letter reporting on something that, she, anything that could be of value to people is like, yeah, whoever taught you, cause it, it sucks if you like invest in someone and they just take it and run. He's saying like, it's important to plant back, like, sow what you reap, not only reap what you sow, but like, sow what you reap, basically. Like the circle, circle of life when you think about it. You don't think you do that? Don't you do that? Maybe, but not really. Like I'm so inwardly focused that I have a hard time reaching out or I always just wonder, I always want to give back to people or reach out to people or I don't know, it's hard. It feels like more of a struggle. Um, but whatever little wisdom or resources I do have, I try to share to the extent that I can, but I don't know. It's hard. It's complicated. I would say if you're just having conversations or applying anything, I mean, I understand that these mentors might not necessarily physically see every, you know, application of what they've taught you. So maybe, yeah. like you said, you want something a little bit more tangible, but I think if you just have an conversations or living a certain kind of way, you're still paying respect. And I do, I guess I try to like be there for people and do certain forms of labor and little things that like help people to, mm -hmm. so whatever, but I have big dreams is what I'll say, I guess, but that <laughs> kind of, <laughs> that kind of spoke to me just, yeah, your teachers, if they teach you something, they should share in the result of it because yeah. they're planting something. So the harvest is partly mm -hmm. theirs, you know, invite them to graduation. <laughs> yeah. um verse eight was another very famous passage i feel like you know the whoever you just touched on this whoever sows to please the fair flesh from the flesh will reap destruction whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will re reap eternal life and then verse nine let us not grow weary in doing what is right for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up and that has been my uh word of faith for the past like couple of years I feel like um just like don't give up don't give up don't give up everything is gonna come full circle and you will reap and if you're trying to do good and doing your best and have values hopefully it will pay off no guarantees in life but it helps to have that faith 
Oh yeah, he did reiterate one more time though that neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. And then I also like, he says, from now on, he closes it, from now on, let no one cause me trouble for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. I don't know, I just thought it was funny because I picture him being like, now that I've gone through all this, I don't care, leave me alone. Like, I don't want to be trouble with you stupid stuff. Like nobody bother you with your simple shit anymore because I've actually been beaten for Christ. So <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah, um, yeah. I am glad that his suffering is what he continually brings up as his like credentials and his um, clout, like how much he's suffered for the gospel and not, not how much he's been praised or how much money he's made. It's like, right. I've given my life to this. Like It's not um, fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not having a good time, guys. Because <laughs> I'm having a good time. I'm not doing it. All the women are sleeping with me. <laughs> Um, I guess I, I ended up hating him less than I did initially. So I went the other way this time. It wasn't so awful, but. Yeah, I could really see his frustration. Um, us going through it now, like it came through more than when I was just reading it on my own. Just the frustration of, you know, this is very simple. Guys, get it through your heads. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, as we know, it is not that simple with people. And it kind of is hard to, hard to think about like the fact that we're millennia after this, people really, even within the Christian church can't, can't always be on the same page or most of the time aren't on the same page. Never, you know, never mind the whole human race. It would be nice if everybody could just have some access to the eternal. Um, like I was reading the Tao Te Ching, like I was saying before, and I can't believe I've never read it before. It's really short. Mm -hmm. But there's no like real God figure. It's just about the oneness, like the spirit basically. But it's not like, it talks about how it presides over everything, but doesn't rule anyone. Mm -hmm. And it's very, um, it's just this energy and it doesn't have any ill will or control. It's just there for people to like tap into. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was just so like resonating, so hardcore. And I'm like, this should be just even put simply like this should be easy enough for people to get on the same page about because we all do deep down want that but even then like there's no interpretation of it that people can agree on and that was just sad to read <laughs> not much has changed you know yeah uh, it's a lot of different minds in the world so yeah but we're all the same we're all one and we all have the same desires deep down which is to be in harmony and be happy and healthy but we get in our own way to get there though we can't agree how to get there so yeah exactly um the vehicle is important <clears throat> well i don't know i don't know if it's that the uh people don't even agree that it's what we want like some people don't even aren't in touch with that part of themselves well, that, that's pretty true too because i don't believe that everyone necessarily wants to be happy and healthy yeah i don't believe that so yeah so really i guess on a basic level, it's still disagreeable. <laughs> <laughs> Which to me just goes to show just how chaos and discord is just a, as much a part of life as harmony and love and all that. It's the yin and the yang of life. And there is no justice where we're all going to agree and all going to be in utopia. It's just some people are never going to get it. And some people are. And some people are going to be in harmony and some people aren't and 
well, I'll get it, but we're all going to get it at different times. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. What did you think is your main word of faith? Yeah. Um, I need to. Oh, this is hard. Mm -hmm. I have to do. I have to do Christmas stuff, and like we were saying earlier about sending out cards and stuff. I guess I have to do that. <laughs> but um, something about the holiday coming up and having some kind of goodwill. Maybe I should try to do holiday stuff and focus on that this weekend. And there you go. Um, and not be a Grinch this year. That would be nice. <laughs> what about you? Um. Uh, oh, oh, I know. Um, I'm going to try to take away the fact that, you know, that part where he's like, oh, kind of like believers are believers. It doesn't matter if you're male, female, Gentile, Jew, whatever. I think I'm going to try to take that away and maybe just try to start in general. I don't know. It's hard to because I'm not really meeting new people these days because it's a pandemic, but maybe just the idea of trying to find the similarities or the oneness or the common ground um, in situations where there's, you know, a lot of varying opinions or um, beliefs and, and that kind of thing. So seek for, like, seek to harmonize and not divide, basically, like, find yeah. the harmony and not the discord. Yeah. It's like the last episode before Christmas and the last episode of 2020, which is epic been a long crazy year it feels pretty surreal we survived yeah we survived and we didn't get to revelations yet yeah you know god willing the spirit willing we will make it to revelations won't be taken out before then but yeah we're gonna keep going and hope everybody has a merry christmas whatever holiday or non-holiday whatever festive december thing people are doing I hope they really enjoy it and take time alone or with family or whatever. Most likely alone. However people choose to observe, we hope everyone has happy holidays and we're so excited. I'm so excited for 2021, even though like people act like the world or reality is going to care that it's like a different calendar year, but <laughs> it's, yeah, like, it's nice, you know, close right. out a chapter, right? Yeah. I mean, there's always nice um, energy, whether it's been a hard year not just to have a new year close same with the month you know something fresh new energy here exactly like a new start or the promise of a new start so yeah thank everybody for listening so far and we will see you in 2021 for the next episode of Ephesians tune in in two sabbaths for more black chicks bible study